Welcome to Stuck in Misery, the best Midwest sports talk podcast. I'm your host, Mark Bergen, joined as always by James West and Sam Renshin. Fellas, the three-man band is back, and it is back on Thursday night. The Giants at the Eagles, an NFC least matchup in this one. Fellas, it's, it's good to see your faces. I can't wait to get into the week seven lines, but let's start with Giants and Eagles. Who you got on Thursday night? Dude, what's up with these Thursday night games recently? It's been absolutely garbage. And we're getting another dud game this Thursday. I mean, it's like I, I saw this like meme going around where it was like uh, some really, really hot girl. There's like some really pretty girl. And there's like some really, really ugly girl all from like a movie. And they compared that to the Thursday night games, which is like so true. Um, it's just like they're the ugly stepchild of all the broadcasting teams. But back to my point, I'll go with, probably the Eagles in this game. I just got to go with the better quarterback. You know, I think Wentz, you know, he's been getting a lot of heat from his Philly fans. Some of that's warranted, but I still think he's the better quarterback in this one. I just feel like he's in a bad situation. That line just seems terrible. And I know the the line I think is four and a half. I don't know about that. I probably, I guess I'll probably take the Eagles in that. So to the Thursday night point, I mean, the Thursday night game has kind of, always historically been not a great game teams have less time to prepare the product on the field tends to be not as good as their Sunday or Monday night games I think because of that so I have no problem putting the trash the trash games on Thursday night because it's just like all right like let's just get all the garbage out of the way right up front and save the best for last right so no problem with that neither team is good to Sam's point, but do you really think that Carson Wentz is the better quarterback this year? I do. Yeah. And that's like, because like, let's, because like Carson Wentz, like he's just, he's in his own head. Analysts have said that court, uh, like quarterback coaches have said that, that like they need to get back to some of the basics that he was doing his rookie year to get him back in the swing of things because he's so in his own head, you know, and it's like, for the Giants, it's like, it's like, yeah, man, like Saquon's out. They don't really have a receiving core. The offensive line's bad. So it's like, I'm going to go with the Eagles, but it's like, I'm not going to go with the Eagles because they have a better quarterback. My point is that when there's not many playmakers on the field, like a lot of these teams are beat up, Carson in the past has been able to elevate everyone else around him and actually win a game. We have not seen that out of Daniel Jones yet, and we don't know if we'll ever see that out of Daniel Jones. So that's my point. Wow, I would take the better. That's like that's like saying that's like saying like, oh, Odell isn't a good wide receiver because he hasn't won a playoff game. You know what I mean? It's like it's like Odell's obviously a good receiver. You know what I mean? But it's like it's like you're just you're just you're kind of pulling it out of thin air, man. Like because you because Carson Wentz is is he historically the better quarterback? Yeah, but I'm not I'm not gonna sit here and make. I don't know what's up for me. I'm not gonna make that comparison this year. I'm comparing it when I have to pick between two of one of the worst teams in the league. And I need a reason to pull for them. I know, and I'm not, but I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm, I'm picking Philly too, but I'm not picking Philly because of the great Carson Wentz. I know, but I think that like Carson, <laughs> Carson Wentz's entire career, his entire career is overshadowed because like Nick Foles played great for five games. I, I think that my point was, I feel like all this heat that he's getting, it's just like unwarranted because he's in a terrible situation. The line is, you know, just like has so many holes through it. Like he, all of his playmakers are around him. And I think in these actually past couple of games, he hasn't looked terrible. I mean, he he's hasn't in, competitive. He's, in a, he's in a terrible situation with yeah. the exception of Daniel, Fone, Daniel Jones, who's in a worse situation. Like, <laughs> dude, 
I don't know, man. I, that's why I'm I just feel like, I just kind of feel like you're contradicting yourself. Contradicting yourself. That's all. No, I'm not. Velas, Velas, welcome back to Stuck in Misery. This is fantastic. It's, see, this is why it's great to have the three of you. I will make it unanimous across the board. I will also take the Eagles. I like the Giants at that initial number of six. It's now at four and a half. I will yeah. say this with the Eagles. Zach Ertz is going to be out with a high ankle sprain, and running back Miles Sanders will miss Thursday night's game with a knee injury. So keep an eye out there, but I will still take the Eagles as well. We'll go to the Lions at Falcons and the Falcons now a two point favorite. This was a matchup of two coaches likely to be fired. Dan Quinn gone. Matt Patricia still there with the Lions. I found this stat incredible. Matt Patricia and the Lions put up 34 points in a win over the Jaguars. That's the most a Matt Patricia coach team has ever put up before. I'm going to take the Falcons in this one. Raheem Morris is now auditioning to prove that he will be the next coach of the Falcons. He already has a head coaching job or had one with the Bucks. So, you know, they got that shot in the arm last week against the Minnesota Vikings. But, man, this Detroit Lions team, like I told you, they have potential to be really good, like in any given week. We just never know, like, when that's going to happen or if they're consistent enough. And honestly, I don't, I'm not sold on Matt Patricia. Like, I don't even know if he'll finish the year. But I could see them winning this game, like, pretty handily. I, I do think they're overall from top to bottom, like, a better team than the Falcons. James, let me ask you this. With Kenny G and the Lions, who's showing up this week, the musician or the receiver for Detroit? That's a great question. That's a great question. I, uh, I, think, I think Kenny G – the wide receiver is showing up this week. I think he's putting up big numbers. Although some people might not like that. Right, Sammy? I know. I'm actually nervous about that. James and I are squaring off uh, in our fantasy football league. Um, I knew there was an ulterior motive of why you two were fighting to start off the top of this pod. That's the real reason. The real truth comes out. Yeah, I've historically been the better team. And this year I am as well. So I'm just down to, to prove it again. So Yeah, but you're better team by one win. Yeah, it's an off year for me, but you know what? I'll be all right. Who you guys taking between the Lions and Falcons? I'm going Lions. Yeah, I'm going to go Lions too because every single time I've chosen the Falcons, they've lost. <laughs> all right, we'll go to Browns at Bengals, and the Browns a three-and-a-half-point favorite in this AFC North matchup, and the Browns running game's got to get back on track Looks like Nick Chubb will be out yet again. Guys, I got to get this off my chest. People are calling for Baker Mayfield's job. And this is a Browns franchise where every fan of the Browns would have signed up for a 4-2 and two start with this team with that first-year head coach in Kevin Stefanski. And I'm just going to put it to you guys this way, right? Case Keenum, who's the Browns' backup, is not making up 30-point deficits to the Ravens in week one and to the Steelers this past weekend. I think this is absolutely nonsense in terms of the chatter of, oh, the Browns should bench Baker Mayfield. This team is off to a great start, and I'd like them to get back on track on Sunday against Cincinnati. So, Mark, the last time these two teams played, it was 35 to 30 and the win went to the Browns. I think that this, this time around, I think Mr. Joe Burrow has gotten a few more games under his belt. I think he goes in and I think he dethrones 
Baker Mayfield as the king of Ohio, puts Baker on the hot seat. And, you know, I mean, right now it's looking like the Jets are going to get a new quarterback, which leaves Sam Darnold without a home. Sam Darnold is definitely better than Baker. So I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Same draft. I, he has a worse QB record. He has a worse starting record than Mayfield has. I do not know about that. Because Baker, Baker's on surprisingly to say right now, a better team. I I wouldn't say, okay, James. Darnold Darnold is a better quarterback than Baker. First of all, I think this is hilarious how the NFL is literally a, such an overreaction league. It's like Baker has played well. Granted, not the best competition so far, but he's looked well, like in, you know, more than half his games where he doesn't have to be, do too much, get it in, in his playmaker's hands. And it's like you said, different between Baker and K- Case Keenum. I would want to take Baker, but they're not going to beat the Ravens or the Steelers with just a different quarterback throwing in there. So, Mark, to your point, um, I think – it's funny how Baker just hands this, like, he's like, oh, poor me, poor me, you know, like, everyone hates me, but I think he's going to get that bump from the haters, if you will, this week, and use that, like, as a chip on the shoulder, and go out, and and really, I think they're going to look pretty good this next week. I've seen so much chatter, though, about his play specifically, and I don't care who you would have put under center on Sunday against Pittsburgh, that Steelers defense is legit. The front yeah. seven is relentless. And they put Keenum in the game, and he didn't fare much better. There's a reason why Case Keenum's been a journeyman in this league, despite the fact that he had the one good year in 2017 with the Vikings. And so right. what conversation are we having about Baker Mayfield? Are we talking about this season, what the Browns should do at quarterback? There's a reason the Browns have been a joke that they haven't made the playoffs since 2002 is because they've had zero continuity at the quarterback position. Or yeah, if you want to have a more intelligent conversation, yeah. a more intelligent conversation would be, okay, does this team sign Mayfield to his fifth year rookie option that the team must decide? That is what we must discuss regarding Baker Mayfield, not whether Case Keenum should supplant him as the starter because that is absolutely nonsense. And Mark, personally, I would say yes. He's better than the unknown at this point. And you're at this, you're four and two. You're not guaranteed to get one of the top notch uh, QBs. I still think they'll make the playoffs. I still think they'll make the playoffs, Sam, with seven teams per conference making it. I still, I still, I'm on the record. I think that the Browns, Ravens, and Steelers all get into the playoffs with seven teams from each conference making the postseason in 2020. I'm on the record saying that. I'm also going on the record to say this. I think the AFC North is the best division in football and has surpassed the NFC West. I'm on the record tonight saying that. So, Mark, if you're saying that the Browns are going to make it, are you saying that the Patriots will not make it? Because, you know, if you do your math, like, I would assume that, well, and also, you know, the Raiders are in the mix there too. You know, I'm, I think they'll be fighting for that last wild card spot, but I don't know. I'd have to do more research to really make I, I like, look, I think the big question with that, Sam, is I'll answer your question with another question. When does Nick Chubb come back? Because he's one of the, the best, if not the best running back in the league. Uh, Sam, who do you like in this game? I know James picked uh, the Bengals. Who do you like between the Browns Brown. and Bengals? Okay. Brown. And we'll see. Hopefully Joe Burrow won't have to throw the ball 61 times against the Browns like he did in the matchup earlier this season. Bengals, here's, the thing. 
Because we want to talk about quarterbacks throwing the ball. Man, Joe Burrow's a rookie. He's throwing it 61 times a game in, in, in his rookie season. Almost beats Baker Mayfield. Well, I you know I know the numbers have changed because there've been games since since I threw this stat out. But Baker Mayfield, I think, was like something like one and seventeen, three and seventeen when he threw the ball more than twenty three times a game. All right, if you're a good team like the Browns are, and you want to take that next step forward, that type of quarterback isn't going to win you multiple games in the playoffs. It's not they aren't going to take you to a Super Bowl. You know what I mean? All right, but the Browns like their goal is to get into playoffs. Like at this point, they're talking Super Bowls. Like Come on, they got tempered expectations. Like I think the Browns just think they're way too good and deserve a Super Bowl. It's like, dude, you you are four and two right now, probably the first time in a long time. Like, be happy. And there are only a handful of blue chip quarterbacks in this league. The Mahomes, the Russell Wilsons, Aaron right. Rodgers. I'd put Lamar in that next tier. I, I we could go through the list, but we don't need to. Has Baker Mayfield played up to being that number one overall pick in the 2018 draft? Okay, probably not. But that doesn't mean that you still can't win with him as your quarterback. And again, I go back to the point of two things. Every Browns fan would have signed up to be four and two through six weeks of the season at the start of the year, number one. And number two, Case Keenum is not making up 30-point deficits to both the Ravens in week one and this past Sunday to the Steelers. So, and if you think he is that difference, you're absolutely nuts. We'll move on to Steelers at Titans. In my opinion, the premier matchup of this weekend, a pair of 5-0 and teams going at it. You guys, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm shocked that they did not put Jim Nance and Tony Romo on this game. I think that this matchup between the Steelers and Titans is what many fans expected the Steelers-Browns game to be a week ago. I can't wait to watch this one. The Steelers are now favored by one on the road against the Titans. I'm going to go with the Steelers. I think that the Steelers defense has been dominant, and I will lead you through all of the stats that they lead the NFL in, which is especially impressive considering that they've played one fewer game than many NFL teams. Remember, this matchup was originally supposed to happen in week four, but the Titans had an outbreak of COVID-19. So the Steelers lead the NFL in quarterback hurries, quarterback hit percentage on pass plays, quarterback hurries per game, defensive net pass yards, sacks, sacks per game, quarterback pressures, quarterback pressures per game, tackles for loss, and total yards allowed. And then again, I want to reiterate and hammer home the point of a lot of that statistical output for this defense is especially impressive considering that they've played one fewer game than many NFL teams. I'm going to take the Steelers on the road against the Titans. But Mark, I think you're, you're forgetting about Tana Thrill, baby. I mean, he is on fire right now, and he's that X factor that no one's talking about. You know, I think that the Titans, they're kind of playing this like boohoo me, you know, like everyone hates us because it's the COVID thing and it's working. It's paying off. Like they got that chip on their shoulder and they're still not really getting the love they deserve because they aren't blowing out teams. But at the end of the day, they're still five and oh, and they dominated the Bills who many people think that they're in the top class of the AFC. So Mark, to your point, I will say that, like, I am nervous about the Steelers' defense. Like, you know, they're scary. And I think this is going to be one of those games that comes down to the very last possession. I don't see it going one way or another, you know. It's going to be a barber and very within, like, one, you know, one possession. But I like them at home. 
I kind of that think that will be a little slight advantage. So I'm going to go with the Titans. Yeah, so I'm going to go. I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to side with Mark here, and I'm going to go with the Steelers because, in my mind, the Titans have really only played like one team that I would consider good this year, and that and that's the and that's the Bills. And yeah, they beat the Bills handily, but on the flip, they also beat the Broncos by two points. Broncos aren't very good this year. Yeah, but Goskowski. They beat the Jaguars by three. Jaguars aren't very good this year. They beat the Vikings by one. The Vikings aren't very good this year. (laughs) They beat the Texans. Texans are struggling too. They fired their head coach. So, I mean, what? Titans going to come out and play their second second good team of the year this year and think that they're going to blow them out? Think Tana Thrill is going to have a game? Well, look all those QB pressure, QB hurries, QB hits that the Steelers have coming to them, dude, Tannehill's old. Can he can he hold up for four quarters? I don't know, man. And that's why, and that's why, and those things, I'm just looking at, I'm looking at the history of this all, and I gotta go Steelers this week. Okay, Sam, I'm glad you mentioned Goskowski. He's found the fountain of youth after a rough week one. It looked like he was going to be out of a job, and then all of a sudden, he's been Mister Automatic. I know that game was nuts, as we talked about on the show, but. James, the thing that's different about this Titans team compared to Titans teams in the past is that the Titans last couple of years have been like really relying on that, that defense of theirs. And then with the awesome power running game, but this year the, the offense just seems more dimensional. They have like very, they can beat you in the run and they can beat you in the pass, which we haven't really had that type of play at the quarterback position from my boy, Marcus Mariota. You know, I love him, but I have to say that, but, Tannehill's been a step in the right direction over him. So, you know, like I said, I think this is going to be a really close game. And uh, I can't go against my Titans. Shame on us for not bringing this up. This game comes down to whether the Steelers' defense can stop Derrick Henry. At the end of the day, that's going to be the big question of the outcome of this game. And then if it is close, could come down to the punting game or the kicking game if it is a close game. Two injuries to make note of. The Steelers will be without linebacker Devin Bush. He's out for the rest of the season with a knee injury. And then the Titans without left tackle Taylor Lewan. He's also out for the rest of the season with a torn ACL. So how the Titans offense adapts without Lewan is something also to keep an eye out in this game. But just what I've seen from the Steelers in their front seven this season. I like Pittsburgh in this one. We'll move on. Panthers at Saints. And guys, my Ewing theory with Christian McCaffrey finally came to an end. The Panthers are three and one without CMC this season, but they're coming off a loss to the Chicago Bears. Saints coming off a bye week, and it looks like Michael Thomas will be back. Apparently, his discipline is over as well. This is a feisty Panthers team. I am going to take the Saints coming off the bye week. Seven and a half points, though. That's an awful lot, but I still will take New Orleans in this one. Yeah, the Panthers just, they seem that that team I just forget about. Like when I'm watching Red Zone, like I always forget that there's a Panthers game going on, especially when they played the Bears last last week. Like I feel like they weren't on there at all. So I really don't know what the thing the Panthers still three and three. I think that's probably better than what I thought they'd be, even without McCaffrey. Like that should be an accomplishment for Matt Rule. But I'm going Saints coming off a bye. They're only eight and six after a bye week with Sean Payton and Drew Brees, but having Thomas back in the lineup does wonders for your team. So give me the Saints, baby. Yeah, Sam, you said it all. 
Saints. It's across the board. Okay, we'll go to Bills at Jets. Guys, Joe Flacco is now the starter for the Jets. He's 35. Frank Gore is 37. James, were you going to say something? We really doing picks on this one? Come on. Like, I was going to say, yeah. Like, oh, 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 you're making fun of the Jets. Okay. Yeah. What? Like, no, let's go. Not the Jets. Next team, next matchup. Exactly. Can we skip this one? It's an embarrassment that Adam Gase saw the job. Oh, James, okay. I didn't know what you were doing. You had your hands up. No, it's me going, why are we even talking about this game? So we're all going to take the Bills minus 13 yes, and a half. Yes, all day. Okay. okay, I would take the Bills there too. Look for the backdoor cover. This Jets team is pretty bad. Cowboys at Washington football team. And guys, I saved my NFC least stats for this one. It's pure comedy. I looked this up today, and it's statistically possible for a five-win NFC East team oh to make the postseason. Gosh. And that is, okay, I don't want to say likely, but it could happen with how bad that this division has been. And I'll run this stat by you guys because I found this unbelievable. The Cowboys made NFL history in their loss to the Cardinals. They became the first team since the 1970 NFL-AFL merger to lead it's division through six weeks with a losing record. And the NFC East's four teams are 5-18-1 through six weeks. Every other division has at least nine wins. Like, I don't even know where to go with this one. It started at Cowboys minus three. It's now a pick em. I guess I'll go with the Cowboys because they have a potent offense, and I don't know what you're going to get from Kyle Allen at the quarterback position for the Washington football team. Give me the Cowboys in a straight-up pick them, but it's like who knows what's going to happen in this one. Yeah, you know what? Let me take you back. It reminds me of Week 17, 2010. It was the 7-8 and eight St. Louis Rams versus the 6-9 and nine Seattle Seahawks. Sam Bradford was a rookie, and uh, – this was probably the biggest game in St. Louis from a whole 10-year span. It's like we treated it like a playoff game, dude. It was like the Sunday night primetime game. Win and you're in at 7-9. and nine. And uh, sure enough, the Rams broke our hearts and lost. But it just cracks me up that something like this could happen in like the, one of the biggest leagues in, in like, you know, the world. Sam, NFL. that was uh, Pete Carroll's first season in Seattle, and my Bears took care of him in the first round of the playoffs, so yeah. you're welcome. But I remember that season because I think I went to that playoff game in Chicago between the Bears and the Seahawks way back in the day. It was like 10 years ago. Dang. Yeah, man. Good times with Bradford. But like, <laughs> I, it's just funny. Like th These teams are so like bad, and yet one of them will be hosting a playoff game. Um, <laughs> we might as well go for the nicest venue like put it at jerry world you know so right. that that's kind of my thought process there who are you guys picking in this one i'll take the cowboys you know what i feel like it's one of those weeks guys i feel like it's one of those weeks the football team has a pretty good defensive line we saw that week one against philly and we, we know that if the Cowboys want to win, they got to feed Zeke the rock. So I think it comes down to that defensive line, stopping the run. I'm going the football team this week, calling it. You're not wrong about their defensive line. Yeah. We'll move on to Packers at Texans. 
I think the Packers rebound after a loss to the Bucks. The Packers are a three-and-a-half-point favorite in this one, going up against a Texans team that is reeling under interim head coach Romeo Crennel. I like the Packers to regroup this week and to get it done on the road against Houston. Yeah, you know, I, Rodgers, you know, he kind of was embarrassed himself last week, really, like in the, on national, you know, prime time. And you really think that's going to happen two weeks in a row? Like, no chance. Like, I can see them blowing them out with the Texans getting a lot of garbage time. So this is going to be a high-scoring game. Um, I think, and I'm not sure what that over is, but I would probably take this in this game and then take the Packers as well. Yeah, I agree with you guys, Packers. Sam, the over-under is at 57. I just can't believe the Packers are only favored by three and a half in this game. That line makes no sense to me, but we're universal across the board there in picking Green Bay. Seahawks at Cardinals, and the Seahawks are now a three and a half point favorite. Seattle's coming off its bye week. There is trouble in Seattle secondary. And they also need to improve a bit on third down, converting only 32.6% of their third downs this season. That ranks 31st in the league, but they faced the second fewest third downs in league with only 46. I'm going to take Seattle. I, I can't with only three and a half points. And if Russell Wilson is in fact the NFL MVP this season, and certainly he's played like it, three and a half points is too little for me it, for the Cardinals. I would think that Seattle would be favored by like a touchdown in this one. I'm going to take the Seahawks on the road. Yeah. Maybe the line is because the Cardinals, you know, looked really, really good against the Cowboys, but I think that was more of that. The Cowboys are really bad versus the Cardinals are contenders. So I'll give I'll go Seahawks in this game. Yeah, Sam, uh, I was going to say that exact same thing. Cowboys defense is really bad, so I think I think the Seahawks are going to win here. Okay, Chiefs at Broncos. Chiefs a ten point favorite at Denver, a division matchup, and I'm curious to see what Le'Veon Bell looks like. But this is a Chiefs team that ran the ball effectively in the win over the Bills on Monday night. They got 161 yards on the ground from Clyde Edwards-Elaire, the rookie out of LSU. But I'm curious to see how the Chiefs do with yet another weapon on the offensive side of the ball. I can't wait to watch this one. But 10 points is, is quite a bit. And in a division game, I'm going to take the Broncos to cover. I think the Chiefs win this one. But 10 points is kind of a lot in my opinion. So I'm going to take the Broncos to cover over the Chiefs. Yeah, you know, I think this game is going to be – exciting in the sense that we'll get to see a little bit of what Le'Veon might have to offer, but I think it'll only be in like a small flash here or there. You know, I think this was because he couldn't actually join the chiefs last week. He couldn't, if I'm correct, he could, he could join them this week for the first time. So, I mean, learning a new playbook, learning a new offense, all of that takes, it'll take a few weeks. He'll probably be full speed here pretty soon, but I think getting Le'Veon behind a offensive line that can actually block so that he can kind of create that space and use that vision that he's known to have. I mean, that's the, I think that's going to be super exciting to get to see that again. And that's what I'm looking forward to with this Le'Veon Bell move as well. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm really looking forward to uh, watching Drew Locke in this game. You know, this is going to be, he's going to be in that vision for years to come. So this is his first start against the chiefs, the team to beat. And, that defense, man, they, they stopped the Patriots, like held them to what, six points last week, 13 points, something like that. 
So I'm really interested to see like, Hey, you know, are, are the Broncos, like, is that defense, you know, one of the top notch ones in the game. And I don't, yeah. Minus 10 at the beginning of the season, I probably would be like, yeah, I'd probably take the chiefs minus 10, but they've been slowed down by the chargers defense by, by the Raiders. So, you know, I think I'm going to go Broncos to cover in this one. We'll see. Unlike last week, we actually have some decent afternoon games. So we're in for a good Sunday. All right, we will go to the 49ers at Patriots. Patriots, a two-point favorite. Guys, this is the Jim Nance-Tony Romo game this week, which I still don't know how they aren't assigned to the Steelers-Titans game. To me, that is the better matchup. But I'm going to go – this is tough for me here. I'm going to take the Patriots minus two to cover, and I like the Patriots to knock off the 49ers. Yeah, dude, the Patriots, man, they they always get what they want, though. It's it's like they run the league, man. It's annoying. I'm going Patriots in this game, though, too. Like, I don't think Belichick's going to lose two in a row. I think this is the beginning of the end for the Patriots. I think they're on the decline. You know, they like get a superstar quarterback in and Cam Newton. I like it. The Patriots, they're used to being good. I think it's done. I think there are a lot of football fans that would be giving you high fives and congratulating you right now. I think people are going to look back on the end of the, the end of the Patriots dynasty. And I think they can circle this week. Belichick lost two in a row. You heard it here first on stuck in misery Jags at chargers and guys, I'm going to steal Dennis green's line. The Jags are who we thought they were one in five. They fooled us in week one with the win over the Colts. And the Jags are back in the running, back in the running for Trevor Lawrence. Seven and a half points. Uh, it opened at nine and a half, but at seven and a half, I like the Chargers in this one to cover. If you would have given me nine and a half, I would have taken the Jags, but this line has now moved. But the Jags, they stink. They aren't very good at all. But I think being worse than the Jets might be. <laughs> That, that's yeah. kind of tough <laughs> that means that the Jets would have to win a game this year for them to uh get that Trevor Lawrence pick I mean that's gonna be interesting hey but, I mean anything could happen the Giants gotta win who would have yeah. thought that right who would have thought that that's true with Saquon out and everything I don't know <laughs> yeah, this is one of those games where you're only watching on TV if you're a fan of one of the two teams or if you have a player on your fantasy football team. Other than that, it's just like, nope, flipping the channel. I actually think that the Chargers are going to dominate them, and I think Justin Herbert's going to have a great game. It's going to be his coming out party. Vegas thinks that too with how the line is, and I think it's going to be his first win in convincing fashion as a starter. So, yeah, give me the Chargers, man. Like, I, I think they're better than their record indicates they are. And the Jags, I mean, again, like they're only really good for garbage time fantasy points at this point. Yeah, I'll go Chargers too. All right. Two games left on the schedule, guys. Bucks at Raiders. The Bucks are now 4-2, and two, but had Tampa Bay lost to Green Bay, We'd be talking on this pod this week about how Tom Brady is washed. Obviously, that didn't happen. But the week before, the Bucs had lost to the Bears. And so Tampa Bay enters this game against Las Vegas as a two-and-a-half-point favorite. This one was tough for me to pick. And the one thing in bringing in Brady with the Bucs is he's a lot less risk-averse compared to how Jameis Winston was as the quarterback last season. 
I'm going to take the Bucks to cover at home on the road because I like how the defense is played. And this offense is starting to figure it out. And you give them more time to gel with all the weapons that Brady has. Give me the Bucks minus two and a half on the road against the Raiders. Yeah, Mark, you're right. Even in, in that win, like the storyline really wasn't like Brady wowed everyone. You know, it was more like Rodgers didn't play well. And it wasn't even really about the Bucks like passing attack. It was more about like Ronald Jones had a really good game and they were able to run the ball on a not that great Packers defense. So, and, you know, the Raiders, I mentioned earlier in the show, like their car has put together back-to-back games with over 300 yards and they're quietly three and two. They just topped the chiefs who were at home and probably the, a lot of people's favorites to win the Super Bowl. So coming off the bye week, I'm going with the Raiders against the Bucks this week uh, as my upset special of the week. Let's go. <laughs> I think this is a tough one because I think it could go either way, you know, I mean, who would have thought that the Raiders would be the team to beat the Chiefs this year? But that being said, I do think that Tampa Bay brought in Tom Brady for a reason. And I think that reason is, right, you're, you're going to have less mistakes. And I think the, the more time Tom Brady has to gel with his team, the more time he has to build chemistry, I think – I just think that that consistency is in a – reoccur more often I think that that momentum is going to keep building so for that reason I like Tampa Bay over over the Raiders this week and if Tampa Bay's defense even plays half as well as they did last week I think Tampa Bay will definitely win too Sam I'm going to need you to say Raiders like that in your best Chris Berman impersonation from now on on the pod <laughs> I, love I, that. I, try it, you know? I love that We'll go to Monday Night Football, where my Chicago Bears are on the road playing the Los Angeles Rams. And I will be the first to admit to you guys, I have no idea how the Bears are 5-1. and one. And I was looking at this one thinking, oh, I, you know, I'd like the Rams. I don't know how good the Bears are. They're kind of a paper tiger at 5-1. and one. But then I looked into, okay, who have the Rams beat? The Rams at 4-2 and two have swept the NFC East. And that's really about it. And so it's going to be interesting to see how this matchup shakes out. But the Bears play the Rams, Saints, and Titans upcoming. I'm excited to watch this one. I actually think this is going to be a good Monday night matchup. I don't know if the Bears will beat the Rams out in L.A., but I do like the Bears to cover as a six-point underdog in this one. I'll take the Bears to cover on Monday night football. Mark, that's like a really interesting point, like just looking at the Rams' schedule. It's like, I feel like, you know, they're seen as a really good high octane offense contender to go make the playoffs this year. But in reality, it's like they really haven't beaten anyone and they barely lost. They barely beat the Cowboys. Pretty sure the game against the Eagles was close. And, you know, that game against the Bills, like if it, was it, if it weren't for like a miraculous comeback at the very end, like they're getting smoked by them. So it's like, are the Rams, I mean, really that good? Like, I'm still not convinced by them. But then on the other hand, you got the you're Bears. convinced by the Titans. What? Like oh, you're yeah. Convinced by the Titans? You know, it's called the eye test. So um, I like to trust my eye, okay. my instinct I'm on talent. So, yeah, James. Well, and- I'll tell you right now this game, this game last week against the 49ers would have been 24 24 if Cooper Cup wouldn't have dropped a touchdown pass there. So, because of that, 
I mean, I'll leave you there. I'll let you think. Well, we're trailing a lot of that game. So I'm going to take the Bears in this game to cover because I like Mitch Trubisky as a good you know, leader in that locker room and good morale. Boost Even as the backup? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I think he's a good I think he's a good teammate. So you just picked the Bears to cover because of how Mitch Trubisky holds the clipboard on the sidelines. James, what about you? Uh the Rams, man. I think the Rams are gonna I think this is a bounce back game for them. They did not play well last week. I think you're gonna see them kind of improve on that, move forward. I think that we can Mark, I don't know. Based on what you said, I think that that to put it simply, the Bears are a lucky five and one. I do think it'll be a good game because that Bears defense is good. And it'll be a fun game to watch too. So Rams, Rams to win. James always picks against the Bears and he is consistent at that. And Sam, you always pick against the Rams. So kind of knew how you guys were going to go with that one. Can't (laughs) wait to watch on Monday night. Before wrapping up here, Sam, I know you wanted to talk a little bit about Tua taking over starting quarterback position for the Miami Dolphins. Have you ordered your jersey yet? Like, where are you at with that? No, I was going to say the opposite, man. Like, pour one out for Fitzy. Like, I feel like he doesn't deserve this. Like, he's, you know, he's earned that right to, like, continue out the season. Like, he's got the Dolphins at three and three. And with an extra playoff spot this year, like, they could legitimately make the playoffs as a dark horse. And I just think it's – this decision makes no sense to me. Like, why put into a now when – you still have a chance with Fitz to make the playoffs this year, this year, you know, Tua is the future. We get that. But I just don't think it's worth risking throwing out Tua too early when you already are playing well and over exceeding expectations. Sam, you'll have to start growing out your beard in Fitzpatrick's honor, but he's been a very serviceable quarterback is what I would say. I do think he limits. There's a ceiling to how good your team can be when Ryan Fitzpatrick is your starter at the same time. There are a lot of great quarterbacks in this league that sat in their first year. I'm talking about Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers and Lamar Jackson. I could run you through the whole list. We don't need to, but hopefully they're not rushing Tua out onto the field because I asked you guys a few weeks ago, what are we waiting on with Tua? And you hope his growth isn't stunted by rushing him out onto an NFL field as a rookie quarterback before he's ready. Yeah, but at the same time, like, do you think that this move was made to get a better draft pick for the future? Uh, that's, I, that's the question. Yeah. It's right? like, I mean, because like, I don't see, I don't see like how to like automatically turn it, like turn it around and things are just going to like, ex- like their offense is going to explode and they're going to get so much better moving forward. Like let's also factor in like, again, I don't, I don't really know this, but, what factors into like a quarterback, like your quarterback is a, he's like two is a lefty. So I'm sure there's like, they're going to have to like mix up a whole bunch of different stuff for their offensive line. No, or like at least like philosophies or whatever else, like mindset on how you play. So it's like, there's other things I think going on kind of behind the scenes. And that's why I'm like, Oh, like that's, that's kind of, I don't know. It's kind of weird. It doesn't seem like like a, a seamless midseason switch to me. So it makes me think like draft pick, right? Like that's James. I'll bite on that. I'll piggyback off that too. When was the last like good left-handed quarterback we saw in this league? Like Michael Vick? Like seriously, Debo, man. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. Wouldn't you rather take a playoff appearance over like a 
mediocre top 15 pick like I would. I'd rather have a chance at the big dance. Like, and that, that would be more valuable to me for my franchise than having a guy, you know, having the eighth overall pick versus the 12th or 13th overall pick. Especially know? like a downtrodden team, like the dolphins playing in the AFC East where the Patriots have dominated for the last two decades with Brady and Belichick. Yeah. I mean, that's a very open division right now in the back end for sure. All right, guys, this was fun. Final thoughts before signing off here. I'm excited for this uh, Mizzou-Kentucky game this weekend. I think that uh, it's, a real, it's a real gut check for the Tigers, you know? Coming off of uh, uh, the victory against LSU two weeks ago, bye week, unplanned bye week, where they thought that they were going to play Bandy, and then they thought they were going to play Florida this week, but they're playing Kentucky uh, Kentucky's a good team. They got a good defense. Drinkwitz was quoted saying that their secondary can do a lot of different schemes, a lot of different things. So it'll be a real test for the redshirt freshman quarterback, Connor Bazelak, and really a test to see how good he is, but also too, to a real test to see, you know, can drink spark something, get something going, show some real potential in this Mizzou team in just his, what, fourth game? I'll tell you this, if he were to win this game against Kentucky, Mark, I would say that would be two marquee wins in his first four games because Kentucky's beat us five years in a row now. James, that was the most excitement I've seen out of you from the, in the past couple of shows. So, uh, you know, I like that. I like that. I'm, I'm, I'm riding high on drink, baby. Like that. We haven't really, you didn't talk about, you know, the victory over LSU on the show because we haven't done a show in a couple of weeks, but you know, I just, I'm so pumped for drink. If Missouri can beat Kentucky, it's the one game I want this year, fellas. Kentucky has beat Missouri five years in a row. I still have bad, bad memories of the Kentucky-Missouri game from 2018 when Missouri's up two scores and they somehow blow the game. So this is the one game on the schedule this year where it's like, okay, we can lose to Kentucky on the hardwood. But can we knock them off on the gridiron? Because the last five seasons against the Wildcats has been absolutely brutal for the Missouri Tigers. For Sam Renshin and James West, I'm Mark Bergen. Thank you for listening to Stuck in Misery. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your show. Guys, this is always a lot of fun. Thanks for your time this weekend. I'm going to go ahead and sign off here. Take care. Enjoy football this weekend and the Week 7 action. See you next time. So long. Thank you.